What will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I am Tom Cavanaugh. And you are listening to TopCast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. You didn't say the Teaching Online Podcast. I didn't. No. I guess I'm thinking brand recognition at this point. Yeah, but you're I mean, right. Everybody. We should clarify it. Everybody knows what TopCast is. Can I tell you a dirty little secret? <laughs> I don't know. It's just us. It's just, just us and our two <laughs> listeners. Sure, go ahead. Just us. You guys, you both of you will be quiet about it, won't you? <laughs> There's other top casts. Um, yeah, I know. We, we, I think, best I can tell on Apple Podcasts, we, Topcast, the Teaching Online podcast, does float to the top. Uh, As we should. As we should. Some of the other top casts are in there, but it seems like we're getting more listeners, but there are other there yeah, I've seen the names. I, I have to admit, I can't tell you what they do or talk about. I haven't listened to any of them. Yeah. Um, I would just say we 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 allow them to <laughs> exist in the top cat world, top cast world. I'm I'm very generous that way. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. I think one of them might even be somewhat education related. Uh, then there's some other ones on other topics. But yes, you are correct. We could pretend that I redid this and it's. Uh, you're listening to TopCast, the Teaching Online podcast. Teaching Online hey, Tom. Podcast. Hey, Kelvin. Uh, you know, this is TopCast, the fishing podcast. We're going to teach you how to do some topwater baits, maybe a jig or two. We're going to catch those big, yeah. big lunkers. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I might actually listen to that one. Just in case you're confused now, this is a collegial conversation about online blended digital teaching and learning conducted over a shared cup of coffee uh, I'm in my hello. I'm Johnny Cash mug here. I have my uh, I love Topcast mug. Well, I'm drinking out of that is that um, is some shameless self endorsement there, but I, I I I commend it. Yeah, I don't often drink out of it, so I'm going to take advantage of it as long as we're actually recording and and uh, we do have video for mm-hmm. those who may not be watching this but listening. Uh, mm-hmm. For the past several months, we've been recording on on Zoom. Because mm-hmm. that is our world now, and uh, you can watch us talk to each other mm-hmm. instead of just listening to us. It eventually ends up on uh, on YouTube, and and you know, yes. two or three yes. people have watched those videos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as you said, this is a collegial conversation uh, over a, a shared cup of coffee with a mm-hmm. couple of colleagues, and that's our conceit. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Yes, alliterative. Yeah. Uh, very, um, very impressive. So uh, we've referenced our coffee mugs, mm-hmm. and um, you've heard perhaps the uh, the occasional slurpage. Um, slurpage. What, what's in the thermos, Kelvin? Uh, what am I drinking? So, Tom, today's coffee is a blend. You know, I'm really more of a single origin person, as you know. Don't I know it. Yes, but this is a blend called Frequency 
from Intelligentsia coffee. They roast in Chicago and LA, but this bag was shipped from Chicago. They've got places all over the, the U.S. Um, they go back um, really into the 90s, so they were kind of an early craft uh, uh, coffee roaster. But we're told that this particular blend frequency is very, quote, versatile, unquote. Uh, it works well when brewed in a typical automatic drip coffee maker or via pour over, as I often have my my morning cup of coffee, or other methods like um, uh, what you're drinking I did in a French press uh, an hour or two ago. So it works in a lot of different brewing methods. And while I like it black, it is supposed to be good with milk or cream as well. I don't know if you put any froof in it, but... Uh, oh, yeah, it's totally froofed up. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so it, it could be very forgiving of the froof uh, yeah. as well. So I think it's a pretty good cup of coffee. What do you think? I enjoy it. And... Um and it tastes good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, thank you for for bringing it. You know, it's been nice the last couple of episodes. We've actually been able to share a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. seen each other fleetingly in the in the office as we, you know, safely <laughs> pour and then quickly right. retreat to our offices uh-huh. where we can be safe and drink it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, thank you. It's good. Uh-huh. Socially distanced uh, coffee sharing. Um, how's the connection? We're not, we're not that. Physically far from each other. No. Hi, you know, Tom. Good to see you through out there. A, through a couple of doors and, yeah. you know, a couple of, uh, you know, yards away. Uh-huh. Um, so you asked about the connection. I did. And um, I think I like the connection, Calvin. Ooh. You, you did a good job of, through your your much better radio voice than mine, of, of leaving some audio breadcrumbs for me <laughs> with, with some particular audio emphasis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you, you really hit that word versatile, right? Mm-hmm. And so versatile is probably the, is probably the linchpin uh, mm-hmm. on which our connection hangs. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to say that, uh, that the connection has to do with its versatility mm-hmm. uh, because that, that's very much what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Although I'll throw in another one. You know, the coffee is a blend as well so oh very good oh yeah. it was so obvious i didn't even see it yeah that's right. it's right in front of me like water for fish that's right yeah, so yeah. we'll find out more about again more about on the that. top cast fishing podcast coming up <laughs> all right know, it's all kinds of stuff out here I, if i only knew something about fishing you at least go fishing <laughs> i don't even know i went fishing once i played golf once and I went fishing once. Uh, okay, well, as a reminder, for as long as this current reality of remote teaching lasts, we are continuing a monthly mini-series of field reports in our first Monday episodes of TopCast, the teaching online podcast, in which you're listening to, in case you thought you were on some other podcast. And we'll be focusing upon some aspect of this current unique remote teaching circumstance. Meanwhile, on the third Monday episodes, we'll continue on with our guest interviews because... Hey, life goes on and we got to keep on trucking. Uh, we might remember, you might remember, Tom, I hope everybody remembers, that back in episode 69, which was field report number four, how are we doing? Hearing everyone's voices through data. We said, quote, we've got a lot in the frying pan as we get ready for fall 2020, as we try to make that term as safe and effective as possible. So we hope to be able to provide an update on those efforts informed by these data when the time is right. So that's kind of where we pick up our fifth field report. It's um, we're only picking up part of that statement. Obviously, we can't 
give data on the fall term because hey, it's July <laughs> it's when ju- you record this. <laughs> that's yeah. right, and this will release right at the top of August. So we'll be poised as you're listening to this. You'll be, probably uh, we'll be poised to start the fall term. So we we can't time travel into the future. Wouldn't that be nice? Because I would just skip ahead a couple of years probably. But yeah. no, <laughs> no, um, we're poised to start the fall term. But we can talk about what we're planning to do in the fall, what we have in the frying pan, so to speak, to make the fall term as safe and effective as possible. Uh, And here's some more connection for you, and then I'll be quiet. Uh, We've spoken previously in, God help us, multiple episodes about the importance of differentiating between actual online courses and remote instruction. It's a theme. It seems to be. Again and again, we talk about it. And back in episode 67, we spoke about the value of a more online every semester strategy whereby we prepare more faculty and more courses to be truly online. But you know, not everything can be online. I know that's a shock, but not everything can be online. And as our fall terms start around the country and around the world, many of our institutions are planning for some degree of face-to-face teaching, and that is certainly the case at UCF. Um, And then finally, picking up on what our guest Cheryl Costantini suggested at the end of episode 70, in her parting words of wisdom for the fall, she said, the key to success will be flexibility. In this episode, Tom, I know you're, wake back up, this is all preamble. In this episode, we plan to share part of how we're planning for flexibility at UCF within the subset of fall 2020 courses that are meeting face-to-face. And what do we call that approach, Tom, that we're going to talk about today? We call it blend flags. flags. (laughs) I'm adding my own special effects. I like Um, this very special. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something that we are calling blend flex. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to describe that that teaching strategy, uh, what we think its affordances are, how it helps us, maybe some of what its limitations are, Mm -hmm. because it's not a panacea. Um, But it, it it is our plan for delivering a lot of our face-to-face instruction this this fall. So maybe it might be useful to sort of start about what we kind of think the context of this fall mm-hmm. will be mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why we need something like BlendFlex, which we will define in a moment. Mm-hmm. So we know that uh, this fall, for anything that's happening on campus, whether it's in the classroom or outside the classroom, we have to uh, maintain this maximum flexibility. And so in this case, for instructional delivery, We need to maintain physical distancing guidelines. Um, The university is is, uh, trying to enforce that. uh, And in fact, they've they've come up with new room capacities for every room on campus, what what we're calling COVID capacities, which represent 25 to 30% of the actual capacity of that room. In some cases, like in our lecture halls, they've physically roped off seats so you can't even like put them down and sit in them. And they've put the little tablet arm down in the seats that you can sit, and they're, they're six feet apart, front and back. And, um, and that's all you're going to get in that room. So we know we don't have enough physical rooms large enough to move all of these courses that we want to teach to larger spaces that would fit all of those students. Mm-hmm. And we know we don't want to reduce the capacity of these courses to match the new COVID capacity, because that's only 25 to 30% mm-hmm. of the actual enrollment. Um, that would be really bad for educational access and frankly, not so great for our tuition revenue. <laughs> um, we also don't want to create some sort of instructional class system where uh, some students 
get, uh, say, a, a group of students want a, a face-to-face experience or need it because of the demands of that particular course or their program, but only some can get it because mm-hmm. we just don't have the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't want to create this sort of haves and have-nots mm-hmm. system um, where if there's a face-to-face experience to be had, it ought to be had equitably. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also know in any given class, at any given time, um, any number of students may be having to quarantine or self-isolate or maybe even the faculty member. So you might have students cycling in and out of your class mm-hmm. for two or three weeks at a time um, and maybe not even sick, but just mm-hmm. having to not be there because you have to wait to see if you get symptoms or something. So they're able to progress on their, their mm-hmm. academic uh, coursework, but they can't physically be there. Mm-hmm. So all of that, put that into the soup pot and stir it up, what kind of a solution can you come up with to meet all of these kind of various requirements? Uh, I've been saying the more complex the, the, the context, the mm-hmm. simpler the solution needs to be. And, and the closest thing we've come up with to sort of a Swiss Army knife solution is this idea uh, that we've labeled BlendFlex. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, we didn't make up the term BlendFlex. Mm-hmm. We've seen that uh, and heard of it in a, in a couple of other places. There's, mm-hmm. uh, there was an Inside Higher Ed article that referenced it, which, as you and I were saying, interestingly enough, uh, they were inspired by something we did. Uh, at UCF, um, that Who we knew? don't recall. We don't recall <laughs> what we did. Thanks. Glad that we could help. Yeah, glad that we could help. Uh, I, I do. I suspect maybe some of our our experience with blended learning. We we host an awful lot of tours and we talk about it at a lot of conferences. And so, who knows? But we've defined BlendFlex for ourselves yeah. here for this particular context in this fall 2020, and hopefully that's it, semester, but we'll see. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, the idea is that it'll, it'll hopefully give us that flexibility to, to accommodate all of these various um, circumstances that I just kind of went through. Now, it is probably useful, though, right, to differentiate a little bit between how we're using the term BlendFlex, what we mean by that, and um, probably the more... Um, popularly used and often said now high flex um, uh, associated with um, Brian Beatty from uh, what San Francisco State University right um, so see if this differentiation sounds right to you correct me if I'm wrong but I think as you compare the two high flex and our use of the term blend flex high flex complete student choice about how to engage with a course and a significant reliance on asynchronous design for maximum flexibility. Whereas BlendFlex, there is some student choice, but there are some student restrictions as well. And maybe you could argue there's a bit more emphasis on synchronous elements. You think that's true? I think that's true. And so maybe maybe I can describe um, a little more concretely um, for somebody who's still scratching their head. And then yep. I don't blame them. Because, hey. So, <laughs> high flex, you can come to class or you can uh, participate online and you can change that at any given point. Blend flex, the idea is that you don't have as much autonomy. You, um, you will be assigned a time when you can come to class. Mm-hmm. So, for example, say you have a class of 100 students and it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. A group of 33 students will come Monday, physically. A second group of 33 students will physically come Wednesday 
And then the, the remainder, say 34 students, will come on Friday. And then the, the other two sessions of that week where you're not physically in the classroom, you will participate remotely, either synchronously or asynchronously. And, um, and that, what, the reason why that is important to some faculty here is because if we had a high flex situation mm-hmm. and more students than our COVID capacity could accommodate showed up. Mm-hmm. So say 50% of the class showed mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. Um, but we can only accommodate 25% of the class. Well, now it's up to the faculty member to be the police of the enrollment cap mm-hmm. and has to quickly decide who gets in the room and who doesn't get in the room. And I personally don't think it's fair to put faculty in the enforcement yeah. business of room capacity. Yeah. Um, they need they have enough to worry about this semester just teaching in this crazy environment that we're in. Yeah. So this is a way to frankly just manage mm-hmm. the unique circumstances of the COVID-19 uh, uh, social distancing, physical distancing requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, they can decide faculty at their at their discretion, depending upon their own attendance policies, to turn it into a high flex if they want. They could tell students you can come or go if you want, but then they're they're volunteering for that that enforcement of room capacity um, if mm-hmm. if they're comfortable with that. Yeah. Or they could tell students you have this one day you can come face-to-face. You come Mondays, Kelvin. Mm-hmm. And if you choose not to come on Mondays, that's your choice. But it, you can't come Wednesday or Friday. That means you're, that whole week, you're consuming or participating the course in the course uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. And, and that might be okay. Um, again, the, we want to try as much as possible to allow faculty to decide their own attendance policies. Yeah. Although our provost here has has, has really encouraged faculty that this is not the time to be strict on attendance. And yeah, I think, I think that's, a, faculty have a, that's a real good message, actually. You know, yeah. Continue to be empathetic, continue to be flexible all the way around best you can. So again, some student choice, like you could choose to come to face-to-face or not if the faculty member um, provided an attendance policy that allowed for that. So hypothetically, blend flex would allow for that. But some student restrictions... Your day is Wednesday. If you're coming, it's Wednesday. It's not Monday. It's not Friday. It's, it's, it's Wednesday. So here are, I think, what are some major tenets of, of BlendFlex? And I'm inserting this in because I know you've been talking about BlendFlex a lot. So and it's easy to press play. So I'm just going to uh, insert myself in here and, no, and you go. can tell me yeah. if I'm wrong. Yeah. So I think recapping some of this. So major tenets of BlendFlex. There's video streaming and or recording of face-to-face sessions which means there's some technology in the in the classroom, which yes. we can talk about. All students have the same opportunity for meeting face-to-face. Uh, for instance, as you say, three cohorts, assigned meeting day, so there's not a class system, uh, but they could choose to avail themselves of that opportunity or not. And particularly good for classrooms in which the COVID capacity, as you say, does not allow the entire group of enrolled students to attend while maintaining social distancing. I've heard some folks say that's the only candidate for BlendFlex. I don't know that that's really true, actually, but... Some people would say, well, hey, if you're in a big old classroom and you can and you can do enough social distancing to allow the entire uh, enrolled capacity of the of the class to meet, then you don't get to do BlendFlex. Well, you could. If you still want to do BlendFlex, you could, right? Yeah, you could. And I've been asked that um, in, in classes where, uh, where they've been able to find a larger space and they, they don't have to reduce the meeting pattern so everybody can participate 
for all Monday, Wednesday, Friday, say. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, you may still have the situation where students get sick yep. or have to self-isolate or something happens. And um, and you're going to still want that that flexibility, the technology mm-hmm. infrastructure and the practice to be there to allow that student to continue to make academic progress for the three weeks that they have to sit in the dorm and in our quarantine dorm um, before <laughs> they're cleared to come back to class. So even in a, in a situation where where everybody can come whenever they whenever they want, you, you may still need to apply some of these strategies. Yeah. So the overarching goal really is flexibility, right? Um, but a couple of caveats, see if you'd agree, because uh, these are things that I keep hearing misperceptions about. Blend flex is not a modality. It's right. not online, blended, blend flex. Also, blend flex, blended, not the same thing. Right. Um BlendFlex is not a requirement for faculty. We're not saying you have to. Um, and oh my gosh, as straightforward as we think this is, communication is really key. Communication to faculty, communication to students. You've been communicating your 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 little uh, ears off, uh, mouth off, yeah. lips off. I don't know. Yeah. You've been communicating All of a lot. My parts. Yes. That's right. Um, it, yeah. It's it's been it's been a bit of a challenge, as clear as we think it is, but. We live with it, right, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in talking to deans and faculty and now students and, and looking at Reddit forums and stuff where there's just clearly not an understanding of what it mm-hmm. is. There's some, mm-hmm. some uh, misperceptions, let's put it kindly out there, about what things might be. And trying to get out in front of that, and it's been hard because mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to do this on the fly. And, and as, as these messages are going out and people are hearing things, um, there's, there are narratives and, and gaps are being filled before we can even create the communications or the training to, yeah. to correct them. But I, I think we're getting in front of it now. We've yeah. got some communications that have gone out for students, and I think those have been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, our news and information uh, team has been great about trying to promote that uh, through social media and and through the parent pages and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we've got stuff for faculty that is just poised. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost done getting ready to go out for training. So by the time this comes out, all of that should be, um, should be out there. Uh, I, I will say, too, that I think... Um, I don't know the details, but I think Arizona State is doing something called ASU Sync. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know if that's just high flex mm-hmm. or if it's high flex with elements of blend flex, but there are other schools experimenting with yeah, the course. same sort of technology of and strategy. I know a lot yeah. of schools are, are doing some stuff with high flex, and I know Brian mm-hmm. uh, has been consulting and talking to a lot mm-hmm. of folks about about uh, high flex and how that works. This just seemed to fit our context here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, maybe it's worth just giving a couple of numbers, right, uh, yeah. about how how much adoption we think there is right now. Although to be clear. We really don't know and won't know. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe not until uh, later. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll maybe do some surveying or something. But So right now, we know that about a third of UCF's fall courses will have a face-to-face component, mm-hmm. whether that's fully online or blended. Fully face-to-face or blended. <sighs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fully face-to-face or blended. Mm-hmm. Um, and that represents about f- a little over 1,400 sections face-to-face mm-hmm. and 340 or something sections of blended. And um, it's something like 10% of the student credit hours, though. So 
you know, a third of the sections, but 10% of the credit hours, which tells you how much space is gonna be in those rooms. Yep, that's right. Of those 1,700 or so sections between blended and face-to-face, uh, we've, we've got a, a rough count of about 644 that have explicitly put notes about BlendFlex in the, in the course notes. BlendFlex, it shows right. up as a word that we can search. Right, and that's how the, the registrar has helped us try to figure out where it's being deployed. Is he ran a query and just searched on, on the, the, we gave a standard message for the course notes to the colleges and yep. they're supposed to stick it in the course notes. And but they might not. 644 places it's shown up. Um, yep. And so that's, so that's about a third of the total sections yep. that have face-to-face components. So about a yep. third of UCF sections are, have a face-to-face component. About a third of them mm-hmm. have uh, BlendFlex. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about the, the penetration. And again, like yep. I said, the, the stuff that's happening on face, in face-to-face on campus, um, it's only about 10% of the credit hours. Yeah, I think it's. I think when I looked yesterday, it was like thirteen percent total. I think has some kind of um, coming from something with a face to face. But yeah, there's a lot more people online <laughs> or remote yes. than face to face. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. I, I, you know, to your point about maybe later we'll know. I think we'll probably with our colleague Dr. Patsy Moskal. We've talked before about surveys. I'm sure we will um, have very thorough surveys of our faculty and our students in the fall. And I would imagine that we would ask some questions about BlendFlex. Yep. You know? <laughs> Was BlendFlex employed? How did it go? And we'll know more after the fact. But I suspect we'll find that the numbers don't match exactly, that there are some folks who decide at the, the 11th hour to, ah, I'm going to try that BlendFlex thing. And it wasn't ever in the class notes or in the syllabus or or I was going to do BlendFlex, but I abandoned it because I got confused or frustrated or something. Yeah. So those things happen. Yeah, and we've tried to give faculty as much autonomy to implement yeah. this, however it makes sense for sure. their style and their pedagogy. Uh, there are very few uh, thou shalt's that we're putting into the BlendFlex model. Because how could we? <laughs> well, how could we? But there are things that we are saying are kind of non-negotiable. Yeah, so tell us about for, those. For example, one is that uh, in the classroom, the faculty cannot actually write on the whiteboard at the front of the room. With the Why papers. is that? Because the camera can't see it. There you go. Uh, it's, it's really that simple, <laughs> which means that you're definitely privileging the face-to-face audience over the two-thirds of the course that aren't in the room, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. So we're saying you have to use the document camera. Every room has a document camera. And when you're yeah. done with that... Um, you could even take those pages where you've written things and uh, scan them and mm-hmm. upload them into our LMS as, as study notes. Mm-hmm. That document camera can be projected in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So the in-class experience really isn't any different than if you stood in front and wrote on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. The class can still see what you're writing, and so can the remote students. Another thou shalt, uh, non-negotiable, is that... Uh, Unfortunately, you are tethered somewhat to a, like a six-foot range. <laughs> Kelvin, on video, has disappeared on me. Um, in front of the camera, you know, behind the podium in the classroom. So, I mean, that's where the camera, the webcam is, and that's where the microphone is mounted on the podium. And if you step too far away from that, the, the remote students will neither see nor hear you. Probably more important to hear you 
especially if you're projecting PowerPoints or you're writing yeah. something on the document camera, but they have to be able to hear you. And we have done some tests with masks and mm -hmm. uh, as far back from that podium as you can get with your back against the wall and, and it works, mm -hmm. uh, we can hear you. But if, if faculty, some faculty, they, you know, they like to move around when they teach, mm -hmm. and that's part of what makes them such a great teacher, and so that'll be an adjustment for them. But really, these are just practice. They're minimal. They're minimal. We're They're not minimal. asking them to change their syllabus. You still go in and you teach yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday like you normally would, and just the group of students that sit in front of you changes. Um, there are some considerations like around active learning. Active learning is going to be difficult in rooms where you, everybody has to be six feet apart from each other. And I can't, you know, you're shouting over you know, tables and rows at each other is probably not very practical. In some ways, online, yep. using the online tools to, yep. to facilitate active learning will be easier. And you yep. could involve both students in the classroom and those remote through right. online collaboration tools for active learning. So some of that is gonna come out in our training and we're gonna talk to faculty about, okay, what can you do? What might work better? Um, and what are you limited from? But Obviously, you've been really championing, though, this being fairly turnkey and non-disruptive for the for the faculty, even though the experience could be enhanced if they do a little bit of tweaking to their course design. That but is correct. You're yeah, trying to that, minimize that's, it. That's really part of the message we've been trying to get out is that you, you can make this as complicated as you want, and you can redesign your course. And we've been asked questions like, well, do I have to teach like I normally would, or can I flip it and then have discussions that I repeat in the class? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, mm -hmm. do that. But we're not making you, because um, mm -hmm. that would require some extra effort and some redesign of your course, and we get it. This semester is gonna be crazy as it is. Um, so we're, we're trying to emphasize the fact that you really, other than some edge, around the edges practice changes, like whiteboard versus, or document camera versus whiteboard, mm -hmm. you just do the same thing. Now, having said all that, there are like this. This isn't going to work in lab classes. We have to come in and pour chemicals or something, yeah. um, or it's not going to work really great in uh, performance or some of the visual arts and things like that. So it's not a panacea. It doesn't no. work with everything. No. It works really well in a lecture-based classroom, to be frank. Um, but we do think it could work with active learning as well. I think of it like this. Um, just like in the spring term when we first went remote, we got these anecdotal reports of actual real online courses experiencing really very little disruption when that happened. Why? Because it was designed to be an online experience. They just kept on going, right? And so I think it's really our hope that the face-to-face -face courses that use some kind of a BlendFlex approach will hopefully experience very little disruption this fall, no matter what kind of curveballs come our way. I think that's really kind of the big idea here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And maybe the last thing I'll say on it is that um, in the event that we have to go remote again, um, we're here in <laughs> one of the COVID capitals in the country right now. The cases continue to rise. So who knows what will happen? You know, we all hope it, it, it'll continue as we plan. Yeah. But in the event that we have to uh, go completely remote again, these courses will be much better positioned to do mm -hmm. that than what we had to deal with in the spring. For sure. Um, and like many other schools, we're not coming back after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So these courses can just switch to that fully remote mm -hmm. environment um, uh, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, Kelvin, looking mm -hmm. at the clock, um, yep. do you think maybe I should take a, a shot well, at trying to... Take a swing. Take a, take a swing at putting a bow and we'll mix all our metaphors here. That's right. Uh, 
So I think, I think it's fair to say we all need to prepare for flexibility in the days ahead. We don't know mm-hmm. exactly what will happen even one month, one day into the future. It's true. Creative approaches to face-to-face teaching like BlendFlex are less prone to disruption and more likely to enable faculty and students to teach and learn no matter what happens. And that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. Well, well said. Uh, and hopefully we're all finding our way toward flexibility. So that's that's good. I agree. Our, our coffee's gone. Our time is gone. So we're about to be gone. So until next time for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya. See ya.